sleep. I only understood the value of sleep when I lost it. That happened at exactly the same time I became a parent. Whether it's the bone-crushing sleep deprivation of the early weeks and months, or the interrupted nights from wet beds and sick children, sleep is never the same. I'm Siobhan Hunt, and this is The Promise of Sleep, a podcast that explores all the ways parents and babies can get more sleep. The difficult thing about sleep and parenthood is that they're not always compatible. What we want and what we can realistically have can be vastly different. So we're going to start this podcast as we mean to continue. We're going to be real. Let's take a look at what you can expect from sleep in the first year of parenthood. She's sleeping three to four hours at a time overnight and she's not a great sleeper during the day, which leaves me feeling pretty frazzled at times. I would describe the first year of my sleep as very erratic and unpredictable and just when you think that you've got it under control, you don't. There's no two ways about it. Having a small baby will turn your life upside down. And the most obvious way this happens is its impact on sleep. When I first started at Kindly, I thought, this is the best way to prepare me to have a baby. That's Sally Knight, my friend and colleague at Kindling Kids Radio. She's currently on maternity leave. Two years working on Kindling Conversation, I'll be like the most prepared. I'll know everything there is to know about babies. But nothing could prepare me for, for this. Like, nothing. I, I'm, I'm speechless. I'm gobsmacked. It is the hardest thing I've ever done in my whole life. Um, nothing could have prepared me for what it's been. Well, the last five weeks have been, like, intense. And, yeah, we haven't been getting a lot of sleep because Ted, he, he's, uh, he's not great at sleeping in the day. Um, so everyone always says, you know, sleep when they sleep. But no, <laughs> that's not happening at all. So I'm walking around in the day like a zombie, sort of um, trying all sorts of different things. We've tried, you know, the, taking him out for a walk in the pram, which my husband's currently doing, um, you know, the wrapping him and wearing him, and then the, taking him for a drive with the car seat. Those early weeks, they can hit you like a ton of bricks and you wonder, will it always be like this. Babies change so quickly in their first year of life, and the way they sleep changes as well. But how will it change? Sometimes it helps to get a sense of the road ahead. The first year was sleep was not in our vocabulary. When did my children sleep through the night first? Uh, it hasn't happened regularly yet. It probably has happened once or twice, but we're not yet in that proper routine yet. The first year of parenting can sometimes feel like the hardest, particularly when it comes to sleep. Fran Chavas is a midwife and child and family health nurse. She's also a senior nurse educator and writer for Tresillion, Australia's oldest parenting support group, and an instrumental contributor to the Tresillion Sleep Book. Fran says that sleep-deprived new parents often have unrealistic expectations. 
they get information that babies should be sleeping through much earlier than than what they do. Saying sleep deprivation, it's such a harsh kind of terminology, isn't it, for for what's going on for you with a baby? Because it's normal to wake up with a new baby, and you do go without sleep, and you are very tired. But it's also normal. There's nothing anybody can do about it. And so saying sleep deprivation kind of gives it a really, really uncomfortable feeling to it for something that's very normal. And while it's normal for our babies to wake up through the night, it's also normal for parents, particularly mothers, to be sensitive to every little cry they hear. Professor James McKenna is the director of the Mother-Baby Behavioural Sleep Laboratory at the University of Notre Dame in Indiana. He says we need to acknowledge the biological reason our sleep patterns change when we have a new baby. In our Western culture, we think that sleep is everything. Deep sleep. The more deep sleep, the better. Mothers don't have deep sleep when they sleep with their babies. There's a level of consciousness that lets them respond immediately to sounds or non-sounds that their babies exhibit. Humans wouldn't be here today if we weren't highly sensitive to the external environment while we are sleeping. Sally, meanwhile, isn't so focused on her baby's nighttime sleep patterns. His sleep during the day is proving to be a challenge, so she's turned to a number of different resources for help. I've been everywhere. (laughs) I've been... Reading Facebook forums, I've joined all of the forums that there possibly are to join and reading other parents' similar comments and, um, you know, their baby is at the same age as my baby. So I've been, you know, reading what they say and all the comments. I've been to the, you know, child and family health nurses, to the breastfeeding clinics, to the parenting groups, to the GPs, to Possum Cottage. Um, which is a a breastfeeding and sleep and settling clinic. It's kind of like you can go and visit them and they help you in sort of practice with what you're doing with the bub. Um, I've tried, oh, I've got um, a sleep tracking app which tracks the breastfeeding, the sleep, the nappies, so you log it all in. (laughs) I sound crazy, don't I? Yes. Um, So I've got the app. I've got um, a white noise app, a shushing app, like a drying drying machine sounds. Um, kindling, of course, the Kindling app. I've got that going all the time. The the, the sleepy soundtrack um, on on the app. I'm trying everything. <laughs> and with all of that, how does that make you feel? <laughs> trying all those things and also. You know, you're a journalist, so I know that's in your nature, but I don't think it's unusual for people to be trying that that many different places. But how does that make you feel at the end of the day? Uh, A little overwhelmed and sometimes like nothing's working. So that's that's quite hard um, because, you know, you just... I've read, again, it's reading and and having access to too many books and too many opinions and whatever, but I've read that babies need 16 hours of sleep a day in these first few weeks. And to know that he's not getting those 16 hours freaks me out because he's overtired and really works himself up. And just, just to have that feeling like you can't help your baby or you can't soothe them or you can't be what they need in that moment, it 
you cry it breaks your heart because you just you feel so helpless and you know that they're helpless so yeah it's really hard and overwhelming Fran Chavas says it's no wonder Sally is feeling overwhelmed. After all, in the first year, we're really learning how to be a parent. But Fran says all the information on forums and in books can distract parents from what's right in front of them. She says the best way to understand your baby's sleep is to understand where they are at developmentally. Babies are all people, just like you and me, they're, they're, they're little people with each of their own individual needs, depending on who they are. And as they develop, they, they need certain things. So we look at each stage of their development and where they're up to with their development, who they are. So parents have to watch their baby. Who is their baby? What does my baby need? It's really important to get to know your baby does my baby only need two hours nap in the day, three times a day? Or does my baby need three-hour naps twice a day? These are really important things for parents to understand. Not that your baby should sleep two hours, four times a day, and eight hours a night. No baby is going to conform to those rules because they haven't read that book. Let's start at the very beginning. When you have a newborn, there's a very good reason why they aren't sleeping through the night. They need to feed really frequently. That's for them to grow and develop. So in the first month particularly, they don't even have a day-night rhythm yet. That's developing. So that's our circadian rhythms. So for the baby, their rhythm is a just a two to four hourly what's called free running rhythm around the clock. So they'll just wake and sleep, wake and sleep for, for the first four weeks. Melatonin is a hormone that helps us all sleep at night, babies included. Its production is influenced by the detection of light and dark in the retina. So we produce less during the day when it's bright and sunny and more once night falls. Essentially, breast milk is high in melatonin at night. So, you know, expressing breast milk in the day for feeds at night, there won't be any melatonin in it. A baby's melatonin levels start to become regular around three to four months after birth. So it's only around that time that they will start to get a sense of night and day. It's just one example of how sleep is a developmental process for babies. In just a moment, we're going to look at another way development can impact sleep in the first year. If you're enjoying this podcast, check out the Parent Panel. Every week, our favourite parents join me, Siobhan Hunt, to chat about what's been happening on social media, in cafes and around the water cooler. All the man really has to do on the day of birth is find a good parking spot. Little kids love things that are gross. Bottoms and doodles. Oh, yeah. Parents, we get each other. Join us for some thought-provoking conversation and a bit of a laugh. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Promise of Sleep, a kindling podcast hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt. The first year for a child is full of developmental milestones. They're a delight to watch, but they also have their impact on sleep. 
Jo Ryan was a registered nurse for over 20 years. She's also the founder of Baby Bliss, a sleep consultancy based in Melbourne. Parents may have the perfect sleeper, and then bam, they stop sleeping and start partying through the night. This is often referred to as a sleep regression. Babies' brains are developing quite quickly and dramatically in that first 12 months. And um, when they have a big developmental leap, so when those neural pathways within their brains are developing and everything's all starting to fall into place and then nailing some of those amazing developmental skills, it can cause their brain to be a little overstimulated and that can cause the sleep to go a bit pear-shaped. Like milestones, there are known timeframes when these regressions can happen. There are definitely um, ages or stages that babies have certain um, regressions. So four months is definitely a very common period for babies' sleep to go pear-shaped. Six months it can as well. And then more recently I've heard people talk about the nine-month sleep regression. But I don't know that that is as common. It's sort of more around that whole sort of, I would say, 10 to sort of 18 months toddler sleep regression sort of thing. So when they learn to roll, when they learn to crawl, when they learn to walk or just prior to them sort of um, being able to nail those skills, their sleep can go pear-shaped. But then they have um, separation anxiety that can start anywhere from about 10 months and peaks around 18 months. But generally that can cause toddlers at any time within that age group sleep to go a bit crazy. And in between developmental milestones... You've got life. Fran Chavas from Tresillian again. Any kind of developmental change can be disruptive, same as any illness. If your baby gets sick, then they're going to want you more. They don't know what's wrong with them. They they feel yucky. You know what it's like. You have a cold. You, You feel, you know, your nose is all stuffy. You feel ick. So a baby doesn't know what's wrong. So if we put ourselves in their place, you can you can imagine what that feels like. And they have no idea what's going on. So of course they want you. Something's wrong, so they want you. So they're not going to sleep. That's that, the end. So once they're over that cold, they've been having all sorts of lovely things happening to them. Well, they're not going to want that to stop either. So it's going to take you some time to get them over that one too. Bye now you might be thinking you'll never sleep again. But don't worry. What these experts are saying is that the first year of sleep is going to be very unpredictable for lots of good reasons. It's not your fault if the baby isn't sleeping, nor is it theirs. So be kind to yourself and set your expectations at a reasonable height. And in the meantime, Joe Ryan says there are things that you can do. The things that I say to parents is, Don't go too far backwards or don't introduce new settling techniques that you weren't doing previously. So, you know, if you're, just say your baby's around nine or ten months and they start waking overnight and they hadn't been previously or they were only waking once for one feed, don't kind of introduce extra feeding when you kind of drop that and you've moved on from that. You know, don't start picking your baby up and rocking them to sleep in your arms if they had previously been sleeping okay in their bed. Don't bring them into your bed, you know, and settle them there if they had previously been sleeping in their own bed. When you're tired, and I mean really tired, this kind of information is about as welcome as a bowl of cold porridge. But, Joe says, hang on, there is light at the end of the tunnel. 
it's only a year. So in the scheme of things, it's not terrible. It's not always going to be bad. Obviously, we are very attached to the way we sleep and having our sleep. But, you know, I guess in the scheme of your child's life, it's not terrible. They need to wake, you know, during the night to be fed often when they're little. And so that's just something you have to expect to happen. But there are certainly things you can learn about your baby and your baby's needs and and what's going on for them in order to minimise, I guess, the impact of those sleep regressions so that you can maximise sleep for everybody, you know, at the end of the day. If it helps at all, I can tell you that Joe's right. It does get better. No matter where you are in your baby's life, they are only going to improve. They will sleep more, and so will you. It's hard to believe, I know, but it will happen. In the meantime, keep listening to The Promise of Sleep. In the next episode, we're asking, when is it the right time to ask for help, and how do you go about getting it? It's all about sleep consultants. You can read as many blogs as you want and think, oh, that sounds a bit like me, but it's, you know, it's different when someone's on the other end of the line. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.